Now here is the top news stories of the day with Larry Hardesty. So while we're talking about baseball and we're talking about folks coming back and we're talking about the game coming back, we all understand that when this game comes back, there is a, to me, a 175% chance that there will be no fans. So Buck Showalter was on Spain and Company and he was asked on whether or not the lack of fans will impact player performance. I think it would really expose the people that are self-motivating. Uh, Certain people would be okay with it and thrive on it. A lot of people that need that. Because there's so many times in sports when you're doing such and so, something so repetitiously that you kind of get into that uh, automatic drive, so to speak, mentality for a while. But you need that extra juice. You know, let's face it, that's why, the, you know, the playoffs, and usually there's huge crowds and there's just a different vibe to them. And you may play 10 or 15 games a year, which has a playoff vibe, whether it's a, a team uh, arrival or you're with, whether it's Red Sox, Yankees, and uh, whatever, something like that, where you actually feel that. And a lot of times you're playing in front of 15,000 people on a day game, getaway day in Seattle. And there's part of evaluating players, people that you can count on in those situations. But if, if you keep going to that well too often to self-motivate, it becomes a real issue. Yeah, it really does. That's a, and, and just to follow up on that point, as great a job as uh, our TV colleagues on ESPN, led by Trey Wingo and crew, did with the NFL draft, with the different locations and the families and everything that was – the virtual draft was tremendous. From a technical visual standpoint, tremendous, right? It was a little crazy without the fans, right? It was a little different without hearing that crowd noise and, I mean, you know, the booing of, of Goodell. Eh, but still, you know, just the cheering of their team, the disapproval, the approval of the draft choices, it was different. And it will be different. But guess what? That's the way it's going to be for all sports whenever they come back. Because until we have, and we say it over and over again, until we have some clarity on how we are uh, testing these folks and having a vaccine for these people, you know, we, we can't go back to the ballpark. The latest of these plans that we were talking about is the regional plan. And that, of course, is having 10 teams in three divisions based on where they're located, east, west, and central. Buster Only was on Barton Hahn yesterday and was asked, if this plan works, what does it mean? It's a tremendous opportunity. Uh, and, you know, the ratings for the NFL draft, the ratings for the Jordan documentary, that's demonstrated that. And baseball on both sides, they all recognize that. Like if you, uh, you know, as one official said to me uh, in March, this is going to be an opportunity for baseball to rebrand itself. Yeah. And if you become, for lack of a, a, a you know better way to describe it, you know the daily salvation for people who are locked in at home uh, for several hours a day, that could be an absolute boon. There's no doubt about it. The, we as sports fans are looking for a live sport where they don't already know the outcome to. <laughs> and if baseball could get that done. That would be fabulous and keep everybody safe. Well, Jeff Passon was on Golik Wingo and he says, oh, I think there'll be baseball this year. I think there's going to be baseball this year. And, I, you know, I don't know that this perception that that's the case is anything new. I think that so many of the parties involved here have been incentivized from the start to have some kind of a season. Now, we know it's not going to be a 162-game season. Uh, beyond that, we don't know a whole lot at this point. But what we do know is that 
Major League Baseball owners have significant obligations financially, uh, both to employees and potentially to players and uh, to investors. Uh, we also know that Major League Baseball players, uh, as much money as they make, uh, as ridiculous as it sounds, quite often live from paycheck to paycheck. That's crazy, right? Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Paycheck to paycheck on a Major League salary. It's incredible. Moving to the NCAA, their top governing body, as we told you yesterday, announced that it supports a proposal to allow college athletes to sign endorsement contracts and receive payment for other work provided the schools they attend are not involved in any of the payments. But the mouth of the South, Paul Feinbaum, thinks this ruling's come late. The NCAA needs to be put out of business anyway. Uh, it's a sham organization. And, and I think the Power Five commissioners are slowly moving toward more autonomy. And, and, and this is the NCAA's last stand. Uh, they had to do it. They had a gun at their head. It was way too late. And hopefully, and, and, and let's be uh, aspirational here, the NCAA will, won't exist in a couple of years. And players can do whatever they want. They're going to do it anyway. Coaches are going to continue to cheat. They don't care what the NCAA thinks about this. And uh, I think we're, we're all going to be better off. To be clear, Paul, you're talking about the Power Five conferences breaking away entirely from the NCAA. I think they are moving toward that. It's not easy to do because of the NCAA basketball tournament, but we are we are certainly moving uh, in that direction. Mark, Mark Emmert once said that they would do this over his dead body. He's still alive at last check. <laughs> That's why they call him the mouth of the South. Paul Feinbaum with Greeny on Get Up. Let's move now to the NFL. So all this conversation, and we talked about it yesterday, about Cam Newton. Where is he going? Well, there's a fear that he might go to New England. But uh, Lewis Riddick was on Golik and Wingo, and he says, well, he has another place for Cam Newton. Yeah, I think Cam has, on paper, theoretically, a couple intriguing options. Obviously, we've already talked about Jacksonville. That's an intriguing option for him from a structural standpoint, meaning, or rather from a roster standpoint, because you're not going to tell me Cam Newton can't compete with Gardner Minshew. I mean, of course he can. It'd just be a matter of whether Jay Gruden, a new offensive coordinator down there, likes Cam's style thinks as though that would be a good fit because they are a run-centric offense, play-action-pass type offense that would fit Cam perfectly. The other team that would make a lot of sense on paper, to me, that isn't an obvious starting job, obviously, is the L.A. Rams. Sean McVay, Cam Newton, I think would be a perfect fit, theoretically and philosophically. Again, run-centric offense. Everything runs through the running back, play-action-pass Movement passes, boots, rollouts. That would be, I mean, Sean would have an absolute field day with that. Wow, that would be interesting. Boy, what what have they done with that team? Boy, if they bring in Cam Newton, they will have changed that team since they went to the Super Bowl heavily, right? Well, the Cincinnati Bengals told Andy Dalton something that makes him tough to come back to work in Cincinnati. You are released. The move takes $17.7 million off the team's salary cap. Now, once they drafted Joe Burrow with the number one overall pick, you kind of figured that Andy, the Red Rifle, was going to be looking for work somewhere else. And Lewis Riddick, where will that be? 
The conversation is going to immediately focus on the New England Patriots and whether or not from a fit perspective, does he fit what possibly they would be looking for in terms of a veteran acquisition in the context of their offense? Maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. I don't have any intel on that, although I would only just say this right now. You know, like two over the past three years, Andy has really struggled as far as completing above, even getting you know, cracking the 60% completion percentage plateau, and his yards per attempt have been down too. So, you know, in the six, six yards per attempt range. Now, a lot of that doesn't, I mean, there are more things than just him that have to do with that. Obviously, pass protection, consistency of the weaponry on the perimeter, all that has to do with that. Now, but it would be, it will be interesting to see if New England does investigate this and kick the tires here, because from a profile standpoint, it would make sense from a veteran acquisition standpoint for them. Yeah, it would. And uh, Jeff Pants would be like, oh, yeah, right, sure. Here we go. Another quarterback for Bill Belichick to work around. It would be interesting, right? 